Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hello and welcome. Today's episode is a part of, I would say like a montage of episodes on this topic of intuitive eating. I have had a number of phenomenal guests here on the podcast, but when it comes to the topic of intuitive eating, there are about six episodes on this podcast where this topic is the title of the episode. And I thought it would be neat to hear little snippets of some of the best advice in one episode. I handpicked my favorites from each dietitian, and that is what I love sharing. It's like a library of advice, education, inspiration, and let's not forget some entertainment along the way. Here are six amazing registered dietitians that are experts in intuitive eating. Our first guest featured comes from dietitian Lisa Schrader on episode number 44, how to pivot in your intuitive eating journey. Lisa explains what intuitive means and how it can be the foundation for lifelong habits. Um, and I use kind of their personal experience to help them realize that there's more to life than like following these little fad diets or intermittent fasting, but it is really, really tricky. And ultimately the person has to be able to get there on their own, like get to that spot on their own and then realize, Oh, Hey, I do need a little bit more help. And when you, to me, when you are eating intuitively, you have all aspects of health in mind. So it's not just, the food that you are consuming, but it's your mental health, your spiritual health. There's so many other things going on, but you're, you're eating in a way that not only feels really good for you, but also allows you to do all the things that you want to do. So whether that be a workout or run around with your kids or just get through a really long day, it's kind of where everything comes full circle and you're allowed to live the life that you want to um, without any, guilt or restriction. What do you think is one of the maybe hardest struggles with food in regards to intuitive eating? Yes, I think the biggest struggle is the fact that all foods fit into your diet. That idea that no food is off limits, there's no quote unquote good or bad food, that is really hard for clients to kind of wrap their heads around. Um, and also I see when clients come from a diet background or maybe they've done a lot of diets in the past and they come to intuitive eating, since there is 10 principles, they follow those principles to a T and feel like they have to work their way through principle number one to then move on to two and three and so on. And they're really just more, I call them like tools in your toolbox. They're things that when you come to a, situation that you need a little bit more guidance, you pull that principle out and you refresh your knowledge of it and kind of sit with it and then keep going. Um, but it's really hard to kind of give up and like not have that strict like 
checklist to follow. Our next guest comes from dietitian Meredith Renshaw in episode number 23, Five Lies Diet Culture Wants You to Believe. Meredith discusses how exercise can specifically be used to burn calories and change the body. She shares how to shift that mindset toward the idea of joyful movement and why you should mirror your toddler's eating and moving intuition. Yeah, I think a lot of um, women and my clients specifically, because I know their stories come from a place that exercise is has only solely been used as a form of punishment or a form or a way to make up for food choices um, or a way to maintain their body size. And I think that's something else um, that doesn't have to do with food. So it's an interesting topic to talk about a lot as a dietitian, but food and exercise are so closely related as well as body image that we kind of explore, like, what does it look like to move your body that doesn't, that is, if it's not tied to changing your body. Um, so a lot of times I'll ask clients, like, if, if you could do an exercise and know that it had no effect on the way that your body looks, if exercise and the way your body looks had nothing to do with each other, what kind of exercise would you choose? And a lot of them who run on the treadmill every day go to certain workout classes, things like that, they actually say, like, oh, I would never do that. I would probably, like, go on walks or I would do yoga or I would – do Pilates or think, you know, different exercises. And so that's really something to explore too. Um, and that client specifically is something that we really explored of like, what, what would exercise look like if it didn't affect your body? And what does it look like to sort of um, redefine your reasons for doing exercise? So that's a big part of that um, client's testimonial as well. Yes. A lot of times I will tell people, like, if you want an example of what intuitive eating or joyful movement looks like. Watch your kids. Right. Watch watch a toddler eat. Um, and actually, ha- I have close friends of mine who watch you know watch what I do and um, follow me on Instagram and things like that. And they'll send me pictures of their kids' lunchbox when they come home, and they're like, "This is intuitive eating." Like some days, all they ate was their um, their gummies and their potato chips, and others day other days they ate their sandwich. Um, and they're cut up baby carrots and didn't touch their potato chips or their gummies. And so I think that's really because they have the ability to listen to their body because they haven't been influenced by diet culture. Um, and we're all born intuitive eaters. We, we came out the womb an intuitive eater and somewhere along the way we were influenced by um, diet culture and kind of exterior factors that allowed us to change the way we eat and the way we move our body based on desiring a change. Our next guest comes from dietitian Rachel Helferich in episode 46, How to Quiet Your Inner Food Critic. Rachel talks about trusting our hunger cues and identifying that voice that tells us what we should or should not do when it comes to our eating and moving habits. It being safe to listen to your body is one I keep repeating. And I thought about a piece of content that was pretty popular and got more eyeballs on Instagram. And it was a reel where when we feel the urge to pee, we get up and go to the bathroom. When we feel cold, we grab a blanket and warm up. But when we feel that internal hunger cue, we're 
paralyzed by this confusion and indecisiveness. We think, I shouldn't be hungry. I just ate or I should drink coffee to try to suppress this cue. So really around that whole concept of like not being able to trust hunger. Um, So I think that's a topic that gets a lot of attention. I feel like I need to repeat it um, and one that can resonate with a lot of people. You kind of also mentioned this within uh, a recent post talking about your inner food critic. Who, who who is the inner food critic or what is that? Yeah. So inner food critic is kind of like your inner food police. So in this case, it would be the voice that says like, I shouldn't feel hungry. A lot of the time it has that black and white verbiage to it or all or none mentality. So should or shouldn't comes up a lot with that inner food critic. Um, or maybe it's the, the voice that enforces like a previous diet of, you shouldn't be eating past 7 p.m. Um, eating carbs is bad for you. So that type of mentality is coming from a voice I call that's like the inner food critic. And it's okay to have those thoughts. Um, the work is really in noticing that voice, but saying, I don't have to listen to this voice. I can choose to kind of employ the voice of what I call your inner ally Um, the voice that has like your best interest in mind, a voice that talks to you in a tone that's compassionate and loving. And again, like it might feel unrealistic to think you'll never have these negative thoughts around food from your inner food critics. So then I like to think about it as like turning down the dial or the, the volume of that, the voice of that inner food critic, and then turning up the volume on the voice of your inner ally. Our next guest comes from dietitian Elizabeth Beal in episode number 21, Intuitively Confused, Eating, Fasting, Help. Elizabeth explains the differences between eating disorders and disordered eating, how diet culture has formed these so-called normal ways of eating that are part of the dieting problem. Um, so disordered eating is different than an eating disorder. It's more disordered eating, unfortunately, has become very normal in our society. And when I'm working with individuals and I'm talking to them about some of their eating habits and what they're doing in a day, and they're telling me, like, I can only eat between this time and this time, um, and I can only eat, like, this food and I avoid this food. That's more of that disordered eating approach, Um, and that's where intuitive eating can kind of come in, and I start working with them and saying, okay, you know, um, let's think about, you know, this in an intuitive way, and um, how are you feeling? Are you physically hungry at this time? And, you know, those sort of questions to get them kind of out of that disordered eating. And sometimes, like I said, it's so normalized that it's really hard to recognize um, what it is um, until you're working with a professional um, to kind of guide you and say like, oh, you know what, it's, um, it's not, you know, I don't want to use the term normal, but it's not normal to schedule your meal and you have to eat at this time. And that's a, a lot different than an eating disorder. And eating disorders are more of the mental illness that you, you know, really working with a professional that's trained, um, therapists, of course, as well, and if needed, doctors um, to, you know, get to a place that's a which is a little bit quite a bit different than the disordered eating but again it's one of those things that and I've seen like I mentioned earlier like on TikTok some of that verbiage can get sometimes jumbled up a little bit unfortunately 
so it's, I think it's important to that there is a distinction between disordered eating and an eating disorder. Our next guest comes from Allie Landry in episode number 14, titled Finding Food Freedom. Allie talks about putting labels on habits and food. Those labels we tell ourselves that this is an unhealthy habit or this food is bad for me. I would say that, you know, kind of following into that, healthy eating is not restriction and people look at me like I'm crazy they're like well what about you know this food is unhealthy it's not good for me and so the way I go about that is removing those healthy and unhealthy labels because you know labeling something as healthy and labeling something else as unhealthy tends to be tied to good and bad and also healthy and unhealthy is very subjective right if if a certain food is healthy to you someone else might be allergic and therefore it's not healthy for them And so just removing food labels can be really helpful because when you have that healthy or unhealthy or good or bad tied to food, that's when it makes it more desirable and you're more likely to put it off limits or overeat it when you are allowed to have it. Just like healthy isn't restriction, you don't have to focus on weight loss. In fact, I would say focusing on weight loss is actually going to hold you back in your journey. Because weight loss is tied to restriction and those healthy, unhealthy labels. And it's just not helpful in creating a healthy lifestyle, right? Because when we tell ourselves, like if I were to tell a client, hey, you can't have chocolate this whole week. Well, what are they thinking about? They think about chocolate. They're craving chocolate. When previously, they might have not thought about chocolate the whole week. And then on day eight, what are they eating? They're eating a whole bunch of chocolate. And so... Intentional weight loss is usually tied to some sort of thought of, I need to restrict what I'm eating, leading to, you know, those healthy, unhealthy labels, which just isn't helpful. Instead, I say, hey, let's focus on what we can add. Let's focus on joyful movement. Let's remove those labels and focus on what you enjoy, create a healthy lifestyle, and let weight be a side effect of whatever that is. Our next guest comes from Kristen Lorenz in episode 57, How Do You Talk to Yourself in Your Relationship with Food? Kristen shares the importance of implementing positive self-talk in your own health journey. My main nutrition message is the way you speak to yourself matters. And I know that's not nutrition, but the way you speak to yourself matters and the way you treat yourself matters. There's room for everyone and you deserve to take up space. I made these mantra cards because I was recognizing the importance of self-talk. And I know that sometimes it's really hard for us to change how we talk to ourselves. Sometimes we need a little bit of inspiration and these mantra cards are based off of the idea of neuroplasticity, where it's changing our thought pathways. So often we can see a reflection in a mirror, see a number on a scale, see a pant size and immediately think something negative. Well, what if we could change our thoughts? What if we can foster self-appreciation, body neutrality? Um, And so I was thinking, I, I think I could make mantras that I really love to share with people and make them my own. And they're also available for sale on 
my website or on my Instagram. If you were to pick like your ideal client, who would that be and what would they look like? They would be someone who is ready to come home to themselves. They've felt disconnected to themselves for a long time. They know that diets or they feel like diets aren't working for them and they, they're ready to feel home. Um, they're curious and open. Okay, so hopefully this little assortment of previous episodes has sparked some inspiration, maybe some aha moments for you to keep in mind. And even for for me, as I was going through these episodes, I was saying, ooh, yes, ooh, that's a good one. Such a great reminder. (laughs) Because your eating journey or your health journey doesn't have to be perfect. Heck, what is perfect? We want to focus on finding the balance in our lifestyle and that healthy balance between food, movement, and the mindset. If you are new to intuitive eating, remember, this journey of intuitive eating may be an ongoing process. It's a time to learn each day about what works for you in your season of life. And remember, don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself some grace with these changes. I have linked the full episodes in the show notes. If you want to go back to any of these discussions with these dietitians, they are all wonderful episodes and you'll gain so much education on this topic from these intuitive eating expert dietitians. Until next time, my friends, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.